I am Dr. Barbara Kiel, and some clients of mine prefer to call me Dr. Bibi. And to be honest, I quite like it. Welcome to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast that is born out of mental health efficacy. I believe in the power of intention, and my intention for this podcast is to educate whoever wishes to listen, and to make a paradigm shift in how we perceive mental illness. I also believe mental health education is key, and that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is to invest. In your own mental health. Let's face it, we all need to learn how our minds work, and have the skills to deal with life's ups and downs. And more importantly, let us strengthen our ability to better connect with and support each other. Strong, empathetic. Nurturing and caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart. And close your eyes, unless you're driving or operating heavy machinery. Now take a deep breath in, and as you exhale, let your thoughts go. Let your past go. Now take a moment to plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart, and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe. All is well, and so it is. So take another deep breath in, and exhale out with a loud sigh. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. A personality disorder is an inflexible pattern of inner experience and outward behavior that differs markedly from the experiences and behaviors usually expected of people, such as the rigid traits of people with personality disorders. Often lead to psychological pain and social or occupational difficulties, and may bring pain to others, particularly NPD, narcissistic personality disorder. Now, last week I covered, I completely covered the top four types of narcissism: Type one, the overt or grandiose narcissist; Type two, the covert or vulnerable narcissist. Then is the malignant narcissist and communal narcissist, 
As I mentioned, they express their narcissism in different ways. However, all of these narcissists have commonalities with lack of empathy. They are seldom interested in the feelings of others, and many take advantage of others to achieve their own ends and needs. That means they can be very manipulative. So now I would like to thank you for your patience, and I'm going to answer the questions that you have brought to my attention a few weeks ago, and that is about the four phases of narcissistic abuse, particularly about love bombing. Quite a number of you wish to have clarity on this, so I am going to spend some time to explain. I am going to use Tanya Guam and Barbara Herring's model of cycle of narcissistic abuse. First phase is idealized, meaning the honeymoon period or love bombing. The second phase is devalue or demeaning, and the third is discard. And more often than not, there is a fourth phase, which is hover, H-O-O-V-E-R, or sometimes we call it hover maneuver. So, in the idealized or honeymoon phase, the narcissist agenda is to groom victim and their family or friends to cultivate sense of trust. And commitment engages victims' empathy to accelerate bonding, loyalty, and attachment. So, how do the narcissists do it? They do it by love bombing the victim. They put the victim on pedestal, rushes intimacy, compares victim favorably to ex-partners or. Ex-girlfriends, boyfriends, friends, flattery, excessive attention, intense sexual seduction, acts of perceived kindness, empathy, and generosity. The kind of empathy that they exhibit initially could be cognitive empathy. They also exhibit grand gestures such as gift giving. Elaborate dates, romantic vacations, basically mirroring to convey sameness and a strong bond. Future faking, early desire for commitment, premature talk of marriage, or moving in together, overprotection and isolation in the name of love. Oversharing details of traumatic childhood and crazy ex-partners, lack of boundaries, testing, crossing victims' boundaries, trying to draw victim back in hovering after inappropriate behaviors through gaslighting, justifying possible apologies, possible promises to change. And/or seek therapy. So that's when you get confused, because a lot of you asked, "So what's wrong with love bombing?" Of course, 
we all want to be loved. We all want the person that we care about show their love to us. So the impact on survivor is that they feel special in the beginning. Of course, they feel intense love, trust, and sexual desire. If it's romantic relationship, experiences increased levels of dopamine and serotonin, feels happy, hopeful, attached to narcissist, feels a sense of owing narcissist for their generosity, minimizes. Or rationalizes inappropriate behaviors, gives benefit of the doubt to narcissist, wraps inappropriate behaviors in context and compassion, begins to defend and make excuses for narcissists to family and friends, begins to isolate, ignore personal boundaries, and modify behavior to align with narcissist needs. Preferences and desires. Remember, I mentioned that the narcissistic abuse survivor—they are empaths. So that means they feel things deeply, and they tend to have more empathy toward the narcissist or anybody for that matter. And that's why narcissists love them. Now. It is important to realize that love bombing happens when an individual is subjected to an excessive—the key word is excessive—amount of grand gestures, signs of affection, and various acts, which are supposed to convey appreciation and gratitude. In many cases, the initial stages of love bombing. Are very flattering to the receiver, and they may feel special. So, why is love bombing problematic? The ultimate problem with love bombing lies within the hidden, ulterior motives of the narcissist. Love bombing seems sweet until the person begins to participate in mental. Manipulation and attempted monopolization of your time and energy. In other words, a narcissist can be needy, and in some serious cases, the victim or survivor may feel their energy has been sucked out of them. Because unlike genuine displays of affection. Love bombing occurs purely for the purpose of distracting you from character flaws, establishing a toxic dynamic in the relationship, and ultimately maintaining control over your life. In many regards, love bombing is almost a sort of grooming. It appears innocuous in the beginning. But as time goes on, the love bomber, meaning the narcissist, will eventually begin to expect certain things in return. In other words, they have a concept of give to take. So the dark, insidious nature behind their seemingly sweet actions 
will ultimately reveal itself as time passes. Unfortunately, for some victims or narcissistic abuse survivors, this recognition may come a little too late. Why? Because people who love bomb are furthermore known to engage in infidelity and erratic behavior. Sometimes the person experiencing love bombing may begin to question themselves and wonder if they did something to alienate or turn off the person who was seemingly in love with them. So my audience, I want you to know that while this train of thought is understandable, it's important to understand that the only one responsible for the conduct of love bombers is themselves. The switch between hot and cold is no fault of the person experiencing love bombing. Instead, it has everything to do with the individual insecurities of the person who is love bombing. Love bombers generally have narcissism and low self-esteem. Therefore, their erratic behavior occurs because of their desperation for reassurance and self-satisfaction. Now, to be clear, people experiencing love bombing are not responsible for the actions of the love bomber. What I have been sharing with you is an article written by Gabrielle Sunagel on love bombing and some of the examples and dangers of love bombing. And the article was medically reviewed by Lauren Gilbert. So the author Gabrielle Sunagel also included the psychology of love bombers. She wrote that to truly comprehend love bombing in its entirety, we must evaluate the mental state of individuals who perpetrate this type of behavior. Narcissism aside, love bombers struggle with deep-seated feelings of inadequacy, therefore the low self-esteem. Furthermore, they often fear that they lack the worthiness to be with a romantic partner. The overabundance of grand gestures and romantic acts are merely an attempt to overcompensate for low self-esteem, which they are battling internally. This also explains why love bombers tend to engage in duplicity after they are done showering people experiencing love bombing with massive attention and gestures. Sometimes ghosting the people experiencing their love bombing is their twisted way of maintaining some sort of power or control. In the majority of cases, love bombing happens over a period of time. There are also usually warning signs of this manipulation but you have to know what to look for. That's why I'm doing a whole series on narcissism, because you don't know what you don't know. Narcissism is a front for insecurity. Individuals who have this disorder desperately crave ongoing validation and or admiration. The security of a healthy relationship is not enough for them. 
when they're impossible to meet expectations fall short, the love bomber inevitably lashes out at their victims. And one sign of that is that they tend to pick fights with their victims. To be honest, who doesn't want to be told what an amazing person they are? Now, granted, not every person who issues compliments or flattery is a love bomber with narcissism. However, when flattery is excessive or feels extreme, then this is definitely a classic hallmark of an individual with an agenda. Now, you may wonder why a person who is a narcissist would devote time and energy towards flattering someone. Author Gabriel says it comes down to control. The chemicals in a person's brain literally change when they are longingly flattered. The love bomber, whether they know this or not, uses this as a means to manipulate them. Having the power of control is what gives the person doing the love bombing their high. And it's why they feel the need to excessively flatter the person they're love bombing. Sometimes those on the receiving and are able to tell that something isn't right. In other cases, they enjoy the attention and fail to realize the wolf beneath sheep's clothing for quite some time, sometimes even for decades. Remember, a love bomber is nice to the person they're love bombing because they have ulterior motives. Their kindness is a facade which eventually reveals itself. When a person who is a narcissist comes into contact with others who cannot do anything for them, or if they dare to say no to the narcissist, then the ill-mannered way in which they treat those people speaks volumes. Now, some of you ask, can love bombers be redeemed? Guess what? Author Gabrielle also covered this topic. And she says, sometimes when people find themselves in a relationship with a toxic individual such as a love bomber, they may feel the urge to try to save that person, particularly when they are empaths. As well-intentioned as this may be, trying to save someone who has serious mental health issues can be dangerous. Whether or not they can be redeemed or improved as an individual depends upon a variety of factors. So it is not your job to try to save the person who is doing the love bombing. If you or someone you love winds up in a relationship with a love bomber, the best course of action is to end the relationship as gracefully as possible. In the beginning, this may be challenging, but ultimately, this will prove to be beneficial in the long run. Nobody deserves to be in a relationship with a love bomber with narcissism whose only interest is manipulation and control. These are not indicators of a healthy, mutually respectful relationship. Yes, in other words, love bombers needs professional help. 
So on that note, I shall continue with the other three phases of narcissistic abuse in the next episode. So until next week, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to be honest. Bye for now. You can find this podcast, to be honest, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and my website, www.drbarbarakiao.com. D R B A R B A R A K I A O.com. Mm-hmm.